God wordt het meest in ons verheerlijkt wanneer we onze diepste voldoening vinden in hem. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's what you just heard in Dutch from our friend Marcel. Marcel's work in the Netherlands is inspiring and you're going to hear all about it in just a moment. But first, a meditation on Christmas. Christmas is Sunday. And in 1980, Pastor John was preaching a Christmas sermon on Luke chapter 1, verses 67 to 79, focused specifically on this idea that in Christ, God has raised up a horn of salvation for us. That's verse 69. That may seem to be an odd and remote way of saying it. We don't tend to think of Christmas as the celebration of a a horn cut off of a bull, but it is. And it makes for exactly the Christmas that we needed. Here's Pastor John to explain why that is. And as a little footnote here as we begin, he just invited his small church over to his house for an open house. Keep that in mind. Here's Pastor John. If someone had given me last Christmas a super-duper mousetrap, I would not have been very impressed at all. We didn't have, I never saw a mouse in six years at uh, our old house. If somebody gave me a guaranteed to catch them super duper mousetrap this Christmas, I would be very glad because we have many mice and I can't catch them. Come to the open house anyway. tried three different kinds. If you offered me late some night after the evening service a quick ride to the emergency room at the Metropolitan Medical Center, I kind of look at you funny, think you were strange, unless I saw the big gash in my arm or felt the severe pain in my abdomen. If the police screeched up beside me on my way home one night there on 15th Street and said, get in the back, I think they were putting me on. Unless I saw up around the corner the armed gang waiting, hiding. That's the way it is in all of life. We will not appreciate a gift which we don't think meets any needs or fulfills no desires. We do not value or long for any help unless we know we're sick or in grave danger of some enemy. Vast numbers of people think that Jesus Christ and the story of Christmas is a Mickey Mouse trap and of no use whatsoever to them. A crazy trip to the emergency room, a bothersome pickup by the ornery police because they don't believe they're sick to death with the disease of unforgiven sin. And they don't think they have a massive enemy in Satan who is against all God's people. They just don't believe it. And so the horn of salvation is a toy to be played with at best. But not for me. The horn of salvation for me is my only hope of recovery from this disease of my soul called sin. And he's the only hope of victory over my greatest enemy, Satan. And there is a real disease. There is a real disease. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we say we have not sinned, 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us and the wages of sin is death. And there is a real enemy, isn't there? Your adversary, the devil, Peter says, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith. He is the God of this world, Paul says, that blinds the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the glory of the gospel of the grace of God in the face of Christ. So there is a deadly disease and there is a dangerous enemy. And every one of us will die of that disease and we will be destroyed and devoured by that enemy if we do not have a horn of salvation. Blessed be the God of Israel who has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation in the house of his servant, David. By the mouth of his holy prophets, he has prophesied it in order that we might be saved from our enemies, from all those who hate us, including the greatest enemy of all. And you, child, will be prophet of the Most High, and you will go before him to prepare his ways and to give the knowledge of salvation in the forgiveness of sins. Those two things are what make Christmas good news and great joy to all the people who believe. 1 John 3, 8. This is the reason that the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 9, 26. Christ has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Fear and guilt, the two great spoilers of Christmas, the two great spoilers of life all through the year, have been done away by the coming of our horn of salvation. Hebrews 2.14 says, Jesus Christ took on a human nature in order that he might through death, destroy him who has the power of death, even the devil, and free all those who through fear of death have been subject to lifelong bondage. And through that same death, he paid the whole debt for sin so that we are freed from the evil one and we are freed from sin. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has redeemed his people who has raised up a horn of salvation that we, being delivered from all of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all our days. Amen. Exactly the Christmas we needed. That's so good. Well, as you heard at the very start of this episode, we have a team of friends laboring to bring Desiring God resources to non-English speakers. I've been introducing you to a number of them this month. This also includes Marcel. Our friend from the Netherlands, you heard his voice at the beginning of this episode. We asked him for an update on his work, and here is what he shared. My name is Marcel Vroegop, and I'm from Holland. I work for Gelofsterusting, and that's a ministry that started in 2012 and uh, published articles, videos, podcasts. Uh, last couple of years, we did, did a lot of youth events, books, and now last year, we started audiobooks. In partnership with the Desiring God over the last couple of years, we translated a whole bunch of books, um, many articles, uh, subtitled videos, 
What I really love in the partnership with Desiring God is that it's not just about getting resources translated and published in Holland. What, what they really do, almost everybody on board that I know uh, at Desiring God, is that they are really intentional helping you uh, and everybody around you in your ministry to, to achieve what your goals are. And not just about, well, get these Desiring God re- resources translated, but everything you need, just as a person, as a brother-to-brother, uh, walking alongside uh, in faith with each other. Um, that's what I really love. It's 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 way more than just well we publish books or we we distribute this and that. It's about w- walking alongside and well looking for joy uh, in the Bible and in the fellowship with each other. And that's well that's priceless. What I really like about the the Desiring God resources is that they are so Bible saturated. It's all over there. Name it: an article, a video, a book. It's all over the place. Bible, Bible, Bible. Not only I like that, what I see happening in Holland, if when we distribute all those uh, Desiring God resources, people love that too. What I see happening is that young people go back in the Word again and look for themselves if it's true what has been said and done. What we have seen uh, last year, that a very young guy who over the years loved the DGC resources that we uh, published, that's just one guy who really loved the resources that we published and then finally got to uh, education to become a pastor uh, over a couple of years. That's just one, one uh, example of what I hope to see in the future more and more young people. Not everybody needs to become a pastor, uh, but, but to see more and more an intentional way of living in serving the church in one, one way or another. To become a pastor or an evangelist or, or just being part of the church. I, I see uh, sparks of that going on right now and it makes me... Rejoice in that greatly, but I want to see more of that in the future, and I'm praying for that. When I'm thinking about me and my team working in Holland, um, working all these Desiring God resources and making them ready to publish in Dutch, and, and thinking about the, the support that we get from Desiring God, it makes me so joyful and so, so thankful for, especially all these people that I don't know, that are giving $5, 10 50 I don't know what they give. But they give to Desiring God, so the Desiring God can give it to international partners to help them out. So when I'm sitting at my office and working, working with my team, publishing, doing great things and getting great responses from from young people and older people that really love these resources, I'm thinking back again and thankful to God, but also to all these people that are making these projects also financially possible. So if I can say a thank you to everyone who gives $5 or something else, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you, listeners, for making these labors happen. And thank you, Marcel, for your work uh, in the Netherlands. I love the teamwork here. And if you're already a ministry partner with us at Desiring God, this is the fruit of your giving. You are making this work possible. All that you just heard is happening because of you. And if you're not yet a partner and you want to join in what's happening through Desiring God in the English-speaking world and uh, this overflow into Marcel's work to reach the Dutch-speaking world, join us today. Become a monthly ministry partner. Much of our financial support comes from friends of ours who give on average $30 a month to support all of this work. To set up monthly giving, go to give.desiringgod.org. That's give.desiringgod.org. Have a wonderful Christ-centered Christmas, and we will see you back here on Monday.